Today on Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, we're talking Jason Isbell and the 400 Units, Nashville Sound. What's up? Now you say, hey, everybody. (laughs) Oh, hey, everybody. I don't remember this part. Okay, here's how this goes. (laughs) You say, hey, everybody. No, see, now I don't remember either. You were listening to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, the the podcast where we normally would talk about every Bruce Springsteen song in alphabetical order one by one, but we're, we're picking up after a long hiatus, and we're talking about the Jason Isbell albums one by one. And I am Rob Carmack, and I'm joined, as always, by J.B. Clark. Cool. Yeah, perfect. You did it. Good job. Hey, all right. Do we're we here. Do we want to just go? That felt like it worked. All yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll leave it all in. <laughs> we'll leave it all in. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> it's been a while. It has we're been. Back. It's been. It's been. Uh, I think since we've done a, a proper episode, it's been about a year, or at least. Yeah. That's what April told me. Yeah. She was like, ooh. She was so excited. Well, I'm I'm glad people are getting excited. We've we've been uh, we I don't want to say harassed, but we've been you know asked a few times by there have been welfare checks. There have been yes. Uh, if if we were a missing person, we would have been like proof of life would have been demanded at this point. Yeah. So, but yeah, so we're we're back. And to I, everyone who checked in on us, there were some legitimately some people who were like, "Y'all good?" Yeah, there were, and <laughs> so we appreciate. Thank you that. very much. We appreciated that, and uh, probably not. <laughs> I'd say we're better than we were a year ago. Oh yeah, definitely you know. for sure. And so, What's the hope on the high road, uh, feeling uninspired and mad as hell. Yeah, um, <laughs> which we're going to talk about today. Well, yeah, we'll talk about all that today. So, if, if you're wondering, like, are we back? Are we back? Back? Are we just? Are we just doing a one-off? So here's okay, JB. I guess we probably should have talked about this. But so let's you and I figure out what we're going to do. We'll just do this live on the air. <laughs> we're doing it live. We'll we'll do it live. So. Uh, here, here's what I'm thinking. You tell me if this works for you, okay? We, we should, we probably should have confirmed this up before we started recording, but you know, so be it. Say la vie. So uh, I'm, I'm thinking, let's do, let's do this episode. We'll drop it on Monday, and then, um, then maybe two weeks after that, we'll come back for another episode. We'll finish out the Jason Isbell season. By, we'll, we'll talk about reunions, and then at some point in November, December, we'll do a 2022 all media overload to wrap up the year. Then I'm thinking in January. We, by the way, we're getting a new Bruce Springsteen album in November. That has not been mentioned yet. So Ugh. it's it's a covers album, uh, but but we're getting it. That so there's awesome. a new there's a new Bruce Springsteen album. There's a tour that's, that's about to launch. So we have since we since we've been doing since we stopped doing the alphabetical episodes since we finished quote unquote finished the alph- alphabetical episodes three new albums have released we've we've got Western Stars we've got Letter to or yeah we got Letter to You and we have this new covers album that's about to come out and the in the, the name I, I can't even remember the name of it but um, is it called Only the Strong Survive or something like that I don't know. I'm going to get fact checked on this. This is a basic fact. (laughs) Sorry, I'm totally spacing on it. That's all right. So um, I'm I'm sure I'm sure we will. uh, Okay, no, I'm going to have to Google it. Otherwise, um, listeners are going to riot. So um, Uh, we're washed. (laughs) We should have stayed gone. (laughs) This is great radio right here. I'll edit out the silence. Springsteen. Dude, reunions is the uh, something more than free of the 400 unit. Yes, but we're it's not. Like, it's like a five out of five that is just overshadowed. Only the Strong Survive is the name of the new Bruce Springsteen album. 
Only the strong survive. Uh, so I was right. I, I, I had it right, but I wanted to make sure before, you know, before the rage uh, set in. So um, anyway, so we, in January, we're going to get back into, JB, you, you let me know if this doesn't work for you. We'll, we'll, we'll adjust. But we're, I, I'm thinking in January we can get back to the alphabetical one-by-one one episodes and we'll cover all the songs that we've not yet covered on this on this show so far. So th- yep. those three albums that we just mentioned, plus a, a few, like a couple songs that uh, Bruce released for like <laughs> the Harry Potter soundtrack, I guess, that never got released. Yep. Um, the the uh, Blinded by the Light movie that came out a few years ago. There are just here and there are just some uh, some uh, some songs that maybe we, we've not been able to cover. And uh, we're going to get to those. So we got three albums worth of stuff, plus uh, some change. And uh, that ought to take us through 2023, and then who knows what's going to happen after that. So, uh, JB, not to mention the tour. And I, I think uh, yeah. I've I, not yet purchased tour tickets, but I fully intend to at least see at least one, if not two, shows on the tour. So, JB, same. How, how are you feeling about all those all those things that I just said, JB? Uh, that sounds awesome to me. Okay. Cool. I think we're going to have to get the Heartland Flyer involved, and we're going to have to hit like we're going to have to take the train back and forth together the heartland to flyer which i learned from you the heartland flyer is the train the amtrak train that runs from oklahoma city to fort worth for, yeah from fort worth to oklahoma city but who's counting well i mean either way so <laughs> because because as as we record jb and i have both moved since the i last moved time we recorded. to where rob has lived as long as i've known rob and he was like oh yeah i gotta go man <laughs> gotta get out of here <laughs> so here. i fled the state uh, so now I am living in Oklahoma City, and JB is living in my former home of Fort Worth. Well, we've both returned to the states of our childhood. Yes, yes, we have. Yeah, everything old is new again. Yeah, I'll tell you what—it's moving to a new town is like a good excuse to like just check the fuck back into life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my daughter asked if you were going to use any swears tonight, and I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. Oh I no, did she really? She did. <laughs> oh no, she said, "Is Mr. JB going to curse?" <laughs> Let's cut it. Let's cut it. I can't let Delia down like no, that. No, no, no. It's good. It's, it's, it, you you got to be you, man. You got to be you. I just wanted to no. make note of it. <laughs> no. Mark it, bleep it. Mark, you, I feel like, oh, no. How does she even know that I say bad words? I don't know. Oh, because, because she was looking. She has Spotify on her, uh, on her iPad. And, oh, and she's, no. she was wondering if she could listen to our podcast. And she's, but she's not allowed to listen to anything with an E next to it. Uh, <laughs> so she asked why our podcast has an E next to it, and I had to tell her. I said, "Because Mr. JB uses a swear sometimes." <laughs> oh no, 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 no! Uh, oh, I'm never gonna say a bad word again. No, no, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't you, don't you dare edit yourself. I don't know. I might. All right. So anyway, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have gotten in your head like that, man. I shouldn't. Have no, told you. totally in my head. I'm just always gonna have Dealey in my head asking if Mr. JB uses swear. <laughs> in her sweet Delia voice, I can hear it right now. With her little lisp, uh, yes, I can hear it right now. <laughs> it's too much. Oh man, that's good. That's 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 good stuff right there. That's that's the Bruce Springsteen sings the alphabet magic. People have been asking for. <laughs> right there. Oh man, yes, sir. All right, Chef so- was talking about Liam the other day. He was like, "That boy was cool." When do we get to hang out with them again? I was like, honestly, maybe never. <laughs> Liam is uh, my cousin's child. For for those wondering who, oh, who's wait, name we're Liam, I said the wrong name. Were you saying Abel? I meant Abel. Who I is my son? More recently seen Liam, <laughs> who goes to my son's school. Oh, okay, cool. I'm, I'm sorry. No, you're <laughs> he's, fine. He's like, 
<laughs> that boy Abel is so cool. And I was like, well, maybe never. <laughs> yeah, people love Abel. We, we, in fact, we, uh, we, we visited a new church a couple of weeks ago. And we were dropping our, off our kids in the little classrooms. And Abel walked in like he owned the joint and like put, like extended his arms as wide as he could and said, hey, everybody, here I am. <laughs> He's six. He rules. <laughs> He's got a lot going for him. He's got a lot he of personality. Does. Yeah. Kids never met a bathroom he couldn't flood, but he's got a lot of personality. <laughs> he's like Dewey Cox. <laughs> <laughs> Just ripping sinks off the wall. Yeah, that's him. Oh, man. Anyway. Anyway, so so the last time we had a proper episode, not, not counting the all-media overload, the last time we had a proper episode, we talked about Jason Isbell's, uh, Jason Isbell's album. That's not an easy thing to say. No. We talked about Jason Isbell's album, Something More Than Free. So now, tonight, we're here to talk about the album that came after that, 2017's The Nashville Sound, which is yeah. credited to Jason Isbell and The 400 Unit. So this is Jason's sixth studio album, and it's the third credited to The 400 Unit. Yeah. So that's where we and are in the chronology of the Jason Isbell episodes. Do you remember like where you were when this came out? I do actually. I was on a writing retreat. I was in Waco at the time, and I, w- I was uh, I was spending the week in Waco trying to write new sermons. And I, I was, I was just, just complaining about Waco this afternoon. Say what? <laughs> I was just complaining about Waco this afternoon. Waco is a legit thing to complain about, especially the traffic. Yeah. Um, so I I remember, and I was downloading new music just to listen to while I was writing, and this was one of the albums that I just sort of put on my laptop just to have in the background. And I remember completely falling in love with this record pr- yeah. pretty much instantly. Man, I, for whatever reason, was driving back and forth from Tupelo to Nashville and to like uh, Florence and like that Tuscumbia area a bunch at the time for a couple of different, you know, like different reasons. But I was just in that area when this record came out, like just driving on those old highways through the Cumberland Gap, like... <laughs> I just, it blew my, my mind. It blew. Do not edit yourself. Just say what you were going to say. No, no, no. I was going to say it. I was trying to say it blew my face off, but I was trying to say it melted my face and blew. I really was not trying to edit myself (laughs) that time. Don't let my kids get in your head. You're you're just like, just say it, man. (laughs) Uh, No, but it was just like, it, it melted my face. It it blew my mind. It, you know, it it ruled. Yeah. the music, the musicianship on this record is like. There's a lot of bands out there who are just fine musicians. They're just great songwriters. Um, this record is clearly written by like a bunch of just absolutely top class, world class musicians. Yes, absolutely. Like these guys know more about music, scales, progressions, like all of it. You know, they and not just the traditional stuff. They know like all these different, different traditions. You know, like they came up in such a melting pot of music, and this record is just like an absolute showcase of that. It absolutely is, and that and yeah. that goes all the way down to not just the four hundred unit. I, I think that that includes uh, super producer Dave Cobb. Yes, Dave Cobb is in it. He is in it. Yes, he is. And uh, Dave Cobb produced all of Jason Isbell's albums beginning with Southeastern in 2013, which I think Great we've, job, we've gone Cobb. on record as saying that's the turning point. That's, that, that is the, that's the point at which Jason Isbell became the, the artist that we know and love today. Is if Dave Cobb has made a sub 
great record, like a less than four and a half star record. I haven't heard it. He's produced some pretty, I mean, he, one of, one of his records is going to end up on my top five list at the end of this year. I can already tell you. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, he's, he, he's not, not just with Jason Isbell and with, and he also produces uh, Brandy Carlisle. Um, but he, he consistently makes just, he, he works with interesting artists and he makes good, he, he's just, he's a, he's a really talented guy in the, in the booth. And, um, yeah. and I, I, I think, I, I think it's no coincidence that Jason Isbell's best albums have all been produced by Dave Cobb. Yeah, absolutely. So, I didn't realize he made that YOLO record. Oh my gosh. Yes. He's so good. <laughs> yeah. That was such a good record. Um, <laughs> So this album, the the Nashville Sound, uh, earned Jason Isbell his first CMA award nomination. It, it, was, it was nominated for Album of the Year. Even though Jason has been kind of resistant to self-describing his music as country, he prefers to self-describe as rock and roll. Um, but he, he kind of, it, it doesn't sort of, it, it seems like the country music community wants him, regardless of whether he wants to be wanted or not. So, yeah. um, But it got him that nomination. He won... Best Americana Album at the 2018 Grammy Awards. It also won International Album of the Year at the 2018 UK Americana Awards, which I did not know was a thing. Um, Rolling Stone Magazine named this as one of the 50 best albums of 2017. So basically what, the, what I'm trying to say is this is a really good record. No, yeah, this is a, this is a Desert Island Test, dude. This it, is the tops. It is. It, in my opinion, this was the best album of 2017, and it was one Hands. of the best albums. Oh, yeah, with, without yeah. contest. Um, and, and it's one of the best albums of that entire decade, in my opinion. Uh huh. And uh, I was—I mean, I texted you earlier, and I said, "Like, is this the—is this Jason Isbell's Darkness on the Edge of Town?" Okay, so let, let's have that conversation. So, Darkness on the Edge of Town. For those of you who are only listening for the Jason Isbell of it all, uh, and you're not that versed in, in Bruce Springsteen, we're going to use a lot of Bruce Springsteen shorthand here. And Darkness on the Edge of Town is Bruce Springsteen's 1978 follow-up to Born to Run. And, when, and it's like the it's where like critical meets commercial success. Yes, it's like everyone can agree that Darkness on the Edge of Town is like a perfect album. It, it absolutely and, is. Yeah, it's like it's super rock and roll. It's super like referential to just like pop, but it's also like super artistic and super yeah, and it's like super referential to just like just. Old, lot, lots of old musical traditions and stuff and so like and that's one thing this is like they both are pretty referential to R&B for, for what they are yeah. I guess <laughs> well it, uh, not, not only that but Darkness on the Edge of Town was the answer to the question of can Bruce Springsteen make another good record because Born to Run was sort of a major hat trick for Bruce and he had yeah. to kind of he spent kind of three years in the wilderness because of a lawsuit. And there, there was a, there was a question of like, is Bruce Springsteen capable of making another good record or great, not, not just good, great record after born to run and darkness in the edge of town was the answer to to that question, which was obviously a definitive. Yes. So this in, in as as sort of not, not including something more than free. If you're, if you're looking at Southeastern and you're bringing back the 400 unit into the fold and you're looking at, like okay, we know that Jason Isbell can make good stuff on his own without the 400 unit, vis-a-vis Southeastern. Yeah, is he capable of of pulling out like a full blown rock record with his band? And the answer is, yeah, <laughs> he really is. Well, and that's the thing is like these guys have all or have done a ton of stuff, and they're all incredible. But this is also the this is the same thing for each of them. You know what I mean? Like. From this moment on, every member of that band, like everybody on the back of that, you know, vinyl sleeve is is like set up to do the project they want to do after this. Yeah, these guys... The, the, and did, you know, like 
they all put out a record after this. Did they I really? Know that Jimbo did. You know, I don't know that like Jimbo or uh, Chad Gamble did, but like everybody worked on some pretty cool stuff after this. I know that yes. Sadler Vaden has done some. Sadler of and Amanda now. put out records. Uh, Jimbo played on something cool, and I forgot what it was. And I, I, I don't keep up with the other two as much as should. Uh, Darren Borja. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it the four hundred unit is 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 a really great band. They 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 complement Jason's music really well. They're clearly like top shelf musicians, each and every one yeah. of them. And um, they and I I think it not unlike with Bruce Springsteen, they they're so good they can make you forget how good Jason Isbell is at playing the guitar. You know, because I mean, because yeah. it's one of, one of the one of the best kept secrets in rock and roll is that Bruce Springsteen is a great guitar player. Right, Be- yeah. Because he surrounds himself with other great guitar players. But yeah, it's like the sad fact that Sadler Vaden's the second best guitar player in that band. Yes, exactly. It's yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. It's like yeah, with Springsteen, it's like he might be the he might be he's probably the best guitar player in that band. But everybody else is ripping solos, and he's just sort of featuring here and there. Yeah. And, yeah, man. I mean, all the way like all the way down to the cover art and just the the whole just the entire thing that is this record. I, I think I think it is just utter perfection. I really love this album. It's super collaborative too. Yes, you can feel everybody's fingerprints on it. Yeah, absolutely, you can. And one thing I, I made a note: we we're talking about how it's you know nominated for Country Record of the Year or one. Did it win? It was it was nominated uh, yeah. for uh, CMA. Uh, yeah, for let me see, album of the year for yeah yeah. So, they do they do some stuff on here that's not necessarily like country, and they do some and uh, and even is like kind of weird like like uh, chaos and clothes like the sort of the vocal effect there yeah um, and like anxiety is a rock song yes <laughs> uh, I always forget how hard it goes because uh, I, I think of it as a song like really about anxiety and I think about just the lyrics I don't really ever think about the song uh huh. And so when I turn it on and those guitars, just I'm just like, oh, it feels like I get whiplash. But it's uh, the thing about it is, is like they're a rock band at the core, so like they can do all those other things and still put out a country record because they're a. It's a, the thing it all has in common is that it's a rock record. Yeah, it is a rock record, even if it's a country record. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, do you want to? On that note, do you want to get into the track by track? Ugh. Do I? <laughs> All right, cool. Well, let's get into that. And I'm going to go ahead and say it from the outset. I'm not going to do, we're not going to edit drops into the, this episode. It's just, it takes a lot longer to edit. And I want to get this episode out uh, in a timely cool. fashion. So, so we won't be doing drops. So if, if you want to hear what these songs sounds like, sound like, uh, for God's sakes, go buy this record and yeah. li- listen to, listen to it as we talk. It's so good. Yeah. So track one, uh, side one of, of this album is the last of my kind or just last of my kind. Yeah. So here's what I love about this, the way this record is set up. Uh-huh. It's like, Less of My Kind could have been sort of on the end of either of the other two records. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. It fits. Yeah, son- sonically, it's very toned down compared to what, what you're going to get yeah. with this album. But he sprinkles everybody in. Yeah, he does. You get to meet everybody in that first song a little bit. Especially sort of like, it was like almost three minutes into the song. After he's done like two verses and the music just like the guitar and the drums come up just a little bit. Uh, and they don't do anything that fancy. They just come up a little bit and, and it's just like, oh, this is tight. 
oh, these guys are from the Shoals. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. There's that moment where it's like the Nashville sound is, okay, this means something different. She's not saying this is the Nashville sound. That must mean something else because this is, you know, it, it's definitely like well-produced like the Nashville sound, but um, this is something different. These guys are, are, are something a little, you know, more Percy Sledge than that. <laughs> and actually that raises, I think, a really important question. One of the things that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, as, as we've talked about Bruce Springsteen and Jason Isbell, is the, the, the opening track of every album is, is there for a reason. Like you're not yeah. you're not talking about just a bunch of like I, I think I think a lot of people don't understand how much effort and time and thought go into like where the tracks go on each album, especially oh. artists as thoughtful as Jason Isbell and Bruce Springsteen. So we we, we often on this podcast have talked about the, the the first song as being the front door, like this this is this is the entryway into the album, and this 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 is it's the thesis statement. It tells you what the album is going to be about. It gives you sort of an expectation of what the album is going to do. So, JB, my question for you is, as a musician, as, as someone who thinks about like the lyrics, why do you think he opens the album with this song? Because it eases you in, but it's still in it. It's like, this is a sequel. This is the third part of a trilogy. Mm. Uh, and... Also, somehow the first part of whatever the next thing is. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's like you said. Oh, go ahead. This is like the connective tissue of the connective tissue. This song. Yes. Like if this record connects you to like something bigger that he's about to start doing, you know, like producing big records in the studio, then like this song is introducing you to that idea. And he did that earlier in his career, but that's not when he got famous writing stripped down records. Yeah, Southeastern is what put him on the map. Yeah, and then something more than Free's like really, really slickly produced, but it's so toned down that you can't, you don't notice. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and then you get on here, you hear Last of My Con, you're like, wow, that was awesome, and then boom, uh, Cumberland Gap. Yeah, and uh, Cumberland Gap's got like screeching guitar feedback about less than a minute in you know <laughs> well hold up Let, let's not let's not transition into cumberland gap just yet because okay, okay. because I, I think i think there's more to be t- discussed with last of my kind for so sure. thematically w- with the lyrics so, so i think you're right i think sonically this is a bridge between the previous albums and the new album this is a, a, way, a way of saying like this is the same artist because like yeah. you said th- this song could easily have fit on either of the previous two albums sonically yeah so the, the if you look through the lyrics of this it seems to be about feeling out of place in the, in the world. It's like, you know, yeah. uh, everybody clapping on the one and the three. It's the, the second verse veers into a question of social activism. Nobody here else seems to care. They walk right past him like he ain't even there. So there's, yeah. there's, there's some language about social indifference to the suffering of others, which will come up in other songs. Um, the, the song, this song this leans, record. say what? That comes up a lot in this record. It does. It does. There, there's definitely a, a social activist bent towards this album. But there's also... It also has this, like, this whole record has this idea, and, like, sorry, Delia, but, like, he's saying, like, are you guys seeing this shit? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of that. This record has very much that sort of, and he doesn't always, it's not always, like, him just directly saying it, like he does, like, I don't know, Hope in the High Road. Yeah. (laughs) Or White Man's World. But the whole record is kind of like, are you? Are you guys seeing this shit? There's a, yes, there's a lot of that, and then there, there's a lot of be, because of that. I, I think I think these are two two sides of a piece, which which is to say, I, I think a lot of this record is sort of Jason sort of reckoning with feeling out of place, and yeah. I, and I know I know he's talked about how he feels out of place in, inside country music, which is why it's kind of funny that this is the album that got him a country music album of the year nomination. You know? Well, he's got that line, "Mama's gonna." 
Mama's going to change that to Nashville sound, but they're never going to let her. Yes. And he's in Nashville. He's not, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's from Florence. He's from like the gap. He's not from, he's not even from Florence. You know, he's from Tuscumbia. He's not even from Tuscumbia. Like he's from the Hills. He's not from Nashville. Yeah, that's right. And so he's up there and he's like in the country music scene in Nashville is disgusting. Mm. You know, like the only thing grosser than the country music scene in Nashville is the Christian music scene in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> and very intertwined. And so uh, he, you know, that is not jive with him. Meanwhile, the people back home are kind of into that now. And so he's going back home and he's like, oh, wait, I left Nashville for this to come back here. And now I'm seeing you guys are eating that up. Yeah. So I, I think I think there's something some commonality to be found in this album. If if you're a person who feels who, who perhaps say has has bluer sensibilities living in a red state, or if, if you're if you're in an environment where you just for some reason you you just feel a little bit out of place all the time, I, I feel like this is that's what this album is about. is is about yeah. like being a part of something but not feeling like you're a part of anything. Yeah. So I, and so, last of my kind is sort of his is a, is a way to sort of introduce that like in a Jason Isbell sounding song is, is a way of saying like I, this is how I feel I feel like I'm the last of my kind I feel like I feel like I'm I'm tuned into something that nobody else is tuned into or I'm not tuned into the thing that everybody else seems to be tuned into so that that to me is what this that that's why I think this is such a, a great front door to this album is that it is it, it not not only sonically does it bridge the gap between the two albums or the the, the, the three albums um but it also thematically is is making a statement of this album is going to be about what what it feels like to not feel like you totally belong in a place yeah. even even though like someone someone gave me the label but I don't know if the label fits uh also it carries on a long tradition of pharmacology and Jason Isbell lyrics. A lot of that. A lot of that. Uh, I played this song the other day. Uh, I forget where, but I, I played it and I enjoyed it. I love the... Uh, Daddy always said the river would lead me home, but the river can't take me back in time and Daddy's dead and gone. Mm-hmm. You know, like home is not a place, home is a time. Yeah. A time and place. Uh, like the... What's the Portuguese word that uh, Rodrigo Amarante says? Uh, ciudad, which is like nostalgia for a... It's sort of like nostalgia, but it's like nostalgia for a time and place. Um, I guess that's what that is. I don't know. Anyway. And then the next, this, the sort of the uh, line that reflects that, Mama says, God won't give me too much to bear. That might be true in Arkansas, but I'm a long, long way from there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. It's a great record. It is a great record. It's, and it it's, a, it's a great opening right? track. Well, and then, like, you, do you want to... Yeah, let's transition. We, let's, go, let's go ahead and Do we rate it. these songs? Do you want to rate these songs? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what would you give last time? Five stars. <laughs> five stars. Say what? Five? Five. Yeah, me too. Hands down. Absolutely. All right, and so then Cumberland Gap is, like, sort of where the last of my kind... They're one and the same. Like, the, he's, it's, it feels more like a narrative than a... You know, cha- it feels like chapters in a story that maybe aren't necessarily in chronological order. You know what I mean? Like a short storybook. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this song is really just about just like really just not being able to catch a break in the rural southeast. Well, I mean, it's it's like about in the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah, it's about someone who grew up in a coal mining community and can't escape. It's very Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. 
And it's a straightforward rock song too. Yeah. Like, like it, it's funny that he transitions out of Last of My Kind into this because he, basically these two songs as a pair are a way of saying this album can take, can go anywhere it wants to go. Yeah. And this is where it, it, this is where the musically it starts to say like, oh, hey guys, this is like a rock and roll record. Yes. Uh, it's not huge yet, but it has like a lot of feedback in the beginning and like a lot of big guitars. Yeah. Some pretty big guitars. I mean, the guitars get way bigger later. Yeah. Uh, but definitely like some raggedy, you know, some like, just like distortion turned up to 10 on a rat pedal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. And there's just some really vibey electric piano in there, you know, just like some of that, like soul you know some of that like little Derry de borja at work yeah just some of that muscle soul uh it's too good it is good um, i guess he does he affects his voice a little bit on this song too which is something i talked about it like chaos and clothes this record has a couple of maybe two spots where he affects his voice which he almost never does yeah it's not a thing he does a lot how do you feel about it um i when it's i, I don't mind it here uh in yeah. chaos and clothes i i like it a little bit less what about you? I think I love it in Chaos and Clothes, but I notice it too much. Just at, at the very beginning. It totally, it goes away fast. It fades fast, sort of, how much you notice it. Yeah. Same with Cumberland Gap. So, I, because I looked this up, I want to go ahead and share this with everybody. So, the Cumberland Gap is the V-shaped passage between Cumberland Mountains between Kentucky, Tennessee, and Virginia. Yeah. And it is generally considered to be a wonder of beauty to look at. So Gorgeous. It, so it's, it, yeah, it's supposed to be beautiful. So it's interesting that Jason uses it as an image of something that, quote, swallows you whole rather than an object of beauty and admiration. So it's this interesting sort of juxtaposition of this, there's this thing that a lot of people ha- from the outside look at and see as beautiful, but from the inside, it, it can kind of crush you. Yeah, it has vi- like a Harlan County, Kentucky, yes. West Virginia coal miner vibes. It's very, you'll never leave Harlan alive. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's just pines and hills and it's gorgeous <laughs> that's what i hear i've never been but yeah. um so that that is what this 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 song is about it's about a real place that um is and and it, it, it's a coal mining community that he's describing um like i said before so yeah very bruce springsteen it's about not being able to escape from a place that you feel is swallowing you whole it's a death it, trap it's a suicide rap yeah <laughs> you gotta get out while you're young you gotta get out while you're young how many uh, stars do you give this song? Uh, I think I'm a four and a half on this one. What about you? I'm a four and a half on this one. Hey, we're right in sync. I, I love it. I could be, like, if you'd have said five and ribbed me a little bit, I'd have changed. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I could be a five on it. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't do that to you. You, you, you go with your heart. <laughs> There's a long track record early on in this podcast of you doing that to me. <laughs> There's a long track record of you doing that to me. See, Dream Baby Dream. Yeah. I do love that song. <laughs> Just want to see you smile, baby. Uh, that's funny. Uh, all right, so track three. Track three. I have the words Tupelo tattooed all across my right bicep. Tupelo. Yeah, I was gonna say. Th- I love Tupelo. I just moved from Tupelo. It's it's a it looms large in the Clark family. I, I wanted to ask you: Does this song you very until very recently lived in Tupelo? So does this song make yeah. you want to go back? Tupelo is about two and a half hours from everywhere. This song just really, you know, warms it up. I've told this story here before, but when we saw him in Tupelo, they played at, they toured this record in Tupelo at the Bancorp South Arena. And, uh, oh, hang on, I gotta look this guy's name. Uh, 
Tupelo, Mississippi, Paul. What is his name? Paul Thorne. Uh, all right, so he says uh, he plays Tupelo, and then he plays a few more songs, and he's like, oh, hell, y'all all stayed after Tupelo. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, you know, my mom has come over to Tupelo to watch Paul Thorne play in this building more times than she's ever come to watch me. Ah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, it was great. It was beautiful. But, yeah, Tupelo is a great song. This is one of my favorite songs on the record. I absolutely love this song. It's 100% like... This is Tupelo. Uh, I love the idea, too, of just like, just the, the idea, just the hypothetical, maybe have a little wine in a plastic cup, windows down, Ford F-150, country road, fall day, window, you know, like. Yeah. This paints that picture, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, it's it's just, this is, this is, uh, this sums it up. If you guys ever get a chance to go to Tupelo. Go eat at Cafe 212. Tell them JB sent you. <laughs> Will it's do. Sweet. It's a sweet little spot. There's a girl down there that'll treat you fair. There's a couple. They're all sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I don't, I don't really have much to say other, other than I just love it. I, I think the, the musicianship what do you love is, about it? I think it's beautiful. I, the melody of it. I mean, it's, it's a simple reason to like a song. But I, I, I think the melody is absolutely gorgeous. And I, uh, I the musicianship, the... Um, just all, yeah. the, the the way it's constructed, the way it's produced is is just absolutely beautiful. I could listen to it on repeat all day long. I love the. She said, "There's nothing left to talk about at my age. I should have figured out which knives to put the good or which drawer to put the good knives in." Yeah, and the wars between the weekend uh, stole our, uh, tore our playhouse down. It's like I don't know. He got a lot into a couple lines. You know, what I he mean? always does. He that's what makes him so good. I always am like, I'm gonna go play this live, and then I'll be I'll practice it, and I'll get to that verse, and I'll be like, I. I can't get all that in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they do get about a week of spring. It's perfect, and the summer is blistering. Yeah. There ain't no one from here who will follow me there because it's about two and a half hours from everywhere. Ain't nobody got nothing to do there. Mm. It's a beautiful song. Absolutely beautiful. Five stars. How about you? Five stars. Oh, absolutely. I'd give it six if I could. Me too. Me too. I, when this song, when this record came out, this song, and Tupelo is like a city that likes Jason Isbell. You know, we like American Aquarium. We like Jason Isbell. I would hope so like after Paul this song. Thorne. So, what do you think about the next track? Oh, so, okay, so track four. This is where it gets interesting. Um, White man's world. Yeah. So, um, what, what I mean when I say this is where it gets interesting, this is where Jason decides I'm going to not be vague and I'm just, I'm just going to say the thing that I want to yeah. say. And uh, where he's like, I asked. Are you guys seeing this shit? Yeah. And uh, th- this is this is the song that every time I see him and he plays it, this is the song where about a fifth of the room gets up and goes and gets another beer. Oh yeah. Um there there's there's a certain contingent there, there there's a there's a portion of Jason's audience that really loves the sound of his music but hates this song. This is this is Jason's 41 shots, which I don't understand. So much of what Jason is is like the content of his songs. Yeah, he's um, and, and he he does not care that people don't like the song. No. So the song "White Man's World." I mean, th- this is the song. It gets him booed. It gets him criticized more than any other song he's ever written. And this this song is it is a face value. This this song you don't. It doesn't take any. You don't need us to explain what this song is about. It is, but we will. also 
nothing in here is in, like it's all a fact. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah, there's nothing in here that's like is he is he right? I mean, although you know, but um, alternative facts, I guess. But um, the 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 song is about systemic oppression of non-white communities in the United States. And um, some folks might even accuse Jason of dabbling in critical race theory by writing this song. A touch. A touch. So um, he. I will tell you when I first heard this song, because like when you hear a song that's really like on the nose, it doesn't always play well just as a piece. You know what I mean? Yeah, like absolutely. as a piece of art. Because um, sometimes commentary is like, that's, that's not, it feels less like subversive and cool. Right. But uh, and so my first thought when I first heard like the first line, "I'm a white man living in a white man's world," I just I was like I kind of like tensed up. I was like, "This is gonna suck." <laughs> and then at the end of the song, I was like, "This is great." It is a great song. It, it, this is a great song. Yeah, it um, it's kind of eerie, man. It is. This is one of those songs that if if I had pastored a church with a with a band in it, I would have probably said like at some point you're gonna have to do white man's world we're gonna we're gonna have to just like go straight into this yeah um, but uh we we did not have a band <laughs> so, they even do like a very white version of like sort of southern soul <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> and then they put that fiddle against the sort of like blues guitar yes it does some commentary yeah, it does, it, and there, there's there's some real commentary here. Um, and yeah. the it confronts Jason's own experiences. I mean, it's 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 a first person perspective kind of song. It 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 confronts his own experiences with privilege, with white supremacy, even microaggressions. He talks about um, laughing at another white man's joke. Um, you know. It, yeah, it's just like locker room talk. Yeah, exactly. Wish I'd never been one of the guys. Yeah. So he's he he's admitting in complicity. He's not preaching. He's not wagging his finger in anybody's face. He's saying, "This is the world I came from," and yeah. um, you know, I, which is funny because the whole thing is about feeling out of place. And he's talking about like the one time I I was in, uh, I, I I didn't feel out of place. I probably should have felt out of place. You know what I mean? Like because yeah. because of because things are not right. And dude, this is something he does multiple times on this record. It's so easy to be cynical. You can, you're right to want to be, right? Uh-huh. Uh, you're justified to be. And he says, uh, there's no such thing as someone else's war. Your creature comforts aren't the only thing worth fighting for. You're still breathing. It's not too late. So this is an invitation in. Yeah. It's not a, he's saying like, we've all done this. And it's not too late. We're all carrying one big burden. We're sharing one fate. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you get to participate. Come participate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Be, be part of the solution is, is the invitation. Yeah. Which is great. It's a very generous way to write that song. So he, um, it, it, this, this is, for, for, and which, which again, it's interesting that this is the album that got him um, Best Album of the Year nomination for the CMAs because the CMAs are not known for being like super progressive. <laughs> you know. The CMAs are notoriously racist. Yeah. So. Um, Open, like openly. Yeah, it, I mean, so, so much so that like Darius Rucker has talked about like his own like negative experiences in the, yeah. in the country music community. It's like the one black guy who makes country music successfully. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, man, it, it, it's interesting that Jason decides like you know I'm gonna take a shot of cocaine and burn it down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think about that all the time. Yeah. Just that, anytime something really goes wrong, I just, that line pops into my head. Take a shot of cocaine and burn it down. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and, and this also, by the way, is the song where the title of the album comes from. This is where he says, Mama wants to change that yeah. Nashville sound, but they're never going to let her. But they're never going to let her. Yeah. And then he gave, when he got the nomination, he gave his tickets to uh, Amanda and who did she take? She took somebody, maybe from the highway, one of her friends, and they wore Mama's Gonna Change the Nashville Sound t-shirts and like protest t-shirts. Oh, cool. I did not know that. Yeah, man. They always try to get up in it, you know? Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are always trying Mixing to get up. Mixing it in. up. Um. Yeah, so I, I don't know what else there is to say about this song other than like it is a social messaging song and it pulls no punches. No, but it also like invites you. It's it's also like an invitation. It is. It, it, it's a beautiful invitation. Yeah, it's plain face. Yeah, I love it. I do too. Five stars. Yeah. And then it goes in. Yeah, five stars too. <laughs> yes. Then it goes into If We Were Vampires, which is... I heard him play this on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, maybe. Oh, my gosh. He was wearing a cool denim jacket. I believe it. He was wearing a lot of rings on his fingers. This was then a moment where I was like, I want to start wearing rings, but I had to play more music live to be able to justify that. (laughs) And so, like, I just want to be enough of a musician that I can wear rings without people asking me questions about it. Mm -hmm. It was that and the song... uh, no Hard Feelings by the Avid Brothers. When I lay down the keys, uh, the rings on my fingers and the keys to my house. And it's like, you guys wear rings. The rest of us just get to wear a ring. <laughs> Man, uh, you wear as many rings as you want to, JB. Well, I got to play more music so that people don't ask me about it. Okay. I really want to figure out what my two four-letter word knuckle tats are going to be. Can't help you. One of my kids has a four-letter name, and one of my kids doesn't, but I thought about just making it and spelling it wrong. Oh, you should have thought of that before you named your kids. <laughs> yeah, Shep and Ouse. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, what do you think about if we were vampires? This is a sad, this is like a uh, elephant sad. This is as sad as elephant. Yeah, the song is This is almost as sad as elephant. Yeah, it, I mean, the song, for, for those who are not totally familiar with the song, it's about death. It's about how the best case scenario, either you or the person you love will end up alone because one of you has died. That is, it that is the, also is like really sexy too, which is the messed up part. Yeah. Cause you like, it's super sad and it's pretty hot. <laughs> well, it's also, it's, it, it's quite profound also because it, it, it it's yeah. this interesting way of looking at life. And it's this way of saying like, don't take things for granted because you know, we, we are not immortal. And yeah. we, we do not have the luxury of all the it'll, time. Uh, it'll empty you out, open your mind, and turn you on a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's the... Uh, so the idea, if we were vampires and life was a joke, we'd just stand on the sidewalk and smoke, and I wouldn't, need the, I wouldn't feel the need to hold your hand. Maybe time running out is a gift. Maybe knowing, like, they, I'll work hard to the end of my shift, and that's it. Yeah. You know, like we don't know. One of us is going to die first. You know, maybe 40 years. Like maybe that's the line. Maybe we'll get 40 years together. Likely one of us will have to spend some days alone. Oof. Uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> I have just like sat in a room with this song on repeat in a dark room and wept for a while before. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's, such a, it's such a thoughtful, well-constructed song. And yeah, it's, it's like a country version of a Marcus Aurelius stoic. Was he the stoic? Yes. Yeah, it's like a it's like if Jason Isbell like read a bunch of his diary. 
Yeah. Or like on this, he was reading Twilight and Marcus Aurelius at the same time. <laughs> and he got kind of confused and he woke up from a weird dream and he pulled out his notebook. Yeah. <laughs> what if that was the story? <laughs> that would be wild if that was the story. Yeah. Just, I was reading, yeah, I was reading Marcus Aurelius and also consuming vampire teen young adult fiction. Um, uh, he was on, he was on, did you listen to Metaphysical Milkshake ever? No. It's, uh, uh, Reza Aslan. Oh is, yeah, uh, yeah, and um, I just forgot his name. He plays Dwight Schrute. Oh, uh, Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson. And so they just like ask people, honestly, kind of like just like stoner questions. Nice. <laughs> and uh, Jason Isbell was on the show, and they were like, "How do you come up with such profound music?" And he was like, "It's all pretty plain faced." And they were like, no, it's so profound. He's like, I'm a pretty plain guy. And he's like, well, like traveling alone. Like, that's huge. That covers so much. Like, how did you come up with something so simple that like sort of covers this swath of like feeling of loneliness? And he was like, I'd been on the road for a while and I got kind of tired of traveling around. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes the answer is right there on the face. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, that really is. But, um. Anyway, sorry, I took a long trip down there from If We Were Vampires. That's all right. So, why do you feel about If We Were Vampires? I mean, I think it's beautiful. I'm I'm a five stars on this one. I I, th- I think it is devastating. It makes me think about life and death and the the gift that is time. And, yeah. And um, the the both the, the gift and the curse that that is time. The the thing that is sort of rules us all. You know, it's uh it's a heavy thing to carry. The 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 knowledge of our own mortality and demise. Yeah, I love the referencing. To, it's like it starts off. He's listing things about ostensibly Amanda that he loves, right? Like it's yeah. not the long flung dress you're in, or the light coming off your skin, or your fragile heart that you protected for so long, or the mercy of your sense of right and wrong, or your hands searching slow in the dark, leaving nails or your nails leaving love's watermark. And then he says, "It's not any of that. It's knowing that one of us is going to die, and I'm not going to be with you again." Like. You know, like how beautiful you look in that dress right now is one thing, but the thing that is really making me enjoy this moment is knowing that one day I won't. Yeah, and that's like right. that framing is like, yes, it's beautiful. Couldn't have said yeah. it better myself. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're agreed. Five. Yeah, five, <laughs> five vampires. Uh, um, All right, so that leads us into track number six, which is anxiety. Yeah, man. This should be the theme song for the podcast, right? <laughs> it's certainly the theme song for my life. <laughs> this song goes so hard. <laughs> it does. This, By the way, this is the only song on the album that has a co-write credit. Amanda Shires is, is listed as a co-writer here. Oh, sick. Yeah. Uh, it's another one that's it's pretty straight. Not unlike White Man's World, it's pretty straightforward. It's, not, it's a song about having chronic anxiety. It's very relatable. Yeah, and it is such a just like guitar rock song. Yeah, it is. That drops off into country in the verses or the choruses. Sorry. Yeah. I'm out here living in my fantasy and I can't enjoy a goddamn thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like the other day I was like laying in bed with my kids laying on top of me watching Spider-Man cartoons. And just like in my head, just like, I wish they'd have stayed in bed. I just want to sleep. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm watching Spider-Man with my kids. It's my job, you know? Yeah. Why can't I enjoy it? 
Yeah, man. It, and it, that is that is the curse of ang- have, having anxiety is that like regardless of what's going on in your life, you're always sort of fixated on the thing that hasn't happened yet or the, you know, the, the, the other shoe that hasn't dropped or yeah. the thing that you haven't done. It, it's just, it, it's a constant, like it, it's a, it's a mind trip. Yeah. So and it makes you sweaty. Say what? And it makes you sweaty. Yeah. It's <laughs> so sweaty. It is sweaty. <laughs> I remember Sunday after church, we were like having a decent time. And then I was like, kind of started getting the zoomies and I was like, are you guys hot? I'm sweating so much right now. <laughs> And they were like, go do some yoga. And I was like, you're right. That's what this is. <laughs> uh, so, in my opinion, this song is just a tad too long. Otherwise, I really like it. That's my only complaint about this song. I think it just rips so hard that it can be as long as it wants to be, you know? Yeah. You don't feel like it overstays its, wel- its welcome at all? It's called anxiety, Rob. <laughs> I know. It's a theme. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh no, I think it works out. Doesn't it like kind of go out? Yeah. I think if it was about a minute shorter it would be better. But I mean like the, No, but the, it goes the, out on that big outro that is almost sort of Nashville soundy because it's got like some strings. Yeah. I mean it takes the intro and just like doubles it and builds it. It does. It does do that. No, it, I think it's exactly as long as it needs to be. Okay. So how many uh Xanax pills would you give it? <laughs> I would give it 150 milligrams of lamictal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, five stars. <laughs> You're a five on this one. Okay, I'm a, oh, I'm a four. Yeah, dude. I'm a four on this one. How would you know? I mean, like, listen to those guitars and then try and make an argument for how I would not give it five stars. <laughs> <laughs> valid. That's valid. Yeah. All right. I like to think that anytime anyone I know hears that song, they think, my friend JV probably would love this song. <laughs> and they would be right. Yeah, they would. Um, all right. Well, then the next track on the on the album is Molotov. Yeah. Uh, this this song seems about the the dream of living a carefree life versus what happens when you get older and you discover yeah. that responsibilities are a big part of your adult life. Again, yeah. it's, it's very Bruce Springsteen. It's very Do you miss the party lights? Do you, you know that that kind yeah. of thing? But I also it kind of also reframes a little bit because he's talking about riding it till the wheels fall off and like. He's getting a lot of miles out of it right now. Well, no, he's saying he broke a promise to himself to ride the throttle th- till the wheels came. He's saying he, he, that was the, pr- the promise he made to himself was that he would live like that, but he doesn't live like that. Yeah, but he sort of is now. He's giving it everything he's got. All right, I'm looking at the lyrics. Hold on. Yeah. I think it's about regret. It's, it's about not living like that. Yeah, but I made a couple to a brown-eyed girl. I broke a promise to myself, but I made a couple to a brown-eyed girl who rode with me through the mean old world, never say die. Yeah. That, never say die is like, that's what you say whenever you've got the pedal down. Yeah, but look what, what, he, what he does right after that. He says, time flies when you're making babies. Do you miss your little black Mercedes? Do you miss the girl you once had time to be? When you said yeah. we had the same three wishes, I hope you weren't being facetious, and I hope you still see the fire inside of me. I broke a promise. Yeah. He, I hope you still see the fire me. inside of me. Yeah, because he ends off on that. I made a promise to him. You know, he ends on never say die. He he hopes he hopes yeah. you still see the the fire inside of him, but he doesn't see that inside of himself. That's why the promises are broken. I don't know, dude. I read it different. Really, I read it as that moment where he's like, I read it as him realizing that this is this is him, like working as hard as he could to 
You know what I mean? Like I ride the throttle a lot harder when I'm healthy. <laughs> I don't necessarily go faster. <laughs> no. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, no, I, I, I see. It, I, this is like the river album to me. This is the, the stolen yeah. car. This is, this is all, all, the, all the songs about like, or Sherry Darling, about how he wishes he was at a party, but instead he's driving his mother-in-law to the DMV. You know, like. But I guess I'm also thinking about like him and Amanda, where they kind of like publicly were at the moment when this record came out. You know what I mean? Like they were both like kind of in a really good spot of like self-realization. No, I'm. Not, I don't know that this is how he sees himself. I think. I think he's writing from the perspective of season. Of, I think he's doing a Bruce Springsteen here. I think. Right. Well, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like maybe I'm seeing it through that lens. Is what I'm saying. Okay. Because I was just so. In- I'm just sort of like invested in him. I, don't, I sh- like more than I want, am comfortable being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like with Bruce Springsteen. Oh, and I Matt know. I, from I'm, the band I'm, Reliant K. <laughs> I'm familiar with the feeling of being a little more invested in a musician than you probably should be. Yeah. We did start this podcast. <laughs> like I am with Ben Gibbard. Yes. That record. I have thoughts about that record. Are we going to talk about that at the end of the year? Uh, I think we're going to have to. I'm coming around on it in a big way. Okay. To be continued then. Let me know what Caroline thinks about it. Oh, I will. I think she's a fan. Yeah. Yeah. I could imagine that. Yeah. Um, So how many little black dresses or how many little black Mercedes would you give the song? I think I give it. I think I give it four. Okay. I'm a five on this. You are. Yeah. I love it. I I think it's beautiful. You know what? What? I'm a five. <laughs> that was easy. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's move on to the next track, which is Chaos and Clothes. Clothes, I should say. Chaos and Clothes. Yeah. All right, let's pick up on this vocal manipulation conversation. Where are you at on this effect? I, I don't... This sort of chorus echo. I appreciate what it's trying to do, and I, I, know, I know this is probably a Dave Cobb decision. Um, I am not... It's not my favorite. Right <laughs> yeah. I guess I... I guess it would kind of have to be a Dave Cobb decision. <laughs> well, I mean, anything could be a Jason Isbell decision. You know what I mean? I know, but just imagine Jason walking into the booth and being like, "Hey, Dave, you think we can put a make it a little more echoey, a little more airy, a little less like I put it down in there?" You know what I mean? Like, I just can't imagine. I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't imagine Jason being like, "I think we really need to grab onto the breathy quality of my voice and accentuate it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and I and I like to give Dave Cobb the benefit of the doubt. I, I like to think yeah. that he knows what he's doing. And he's he's making very intentional choices. So I don't begrudge him the choice. It's just not for me. So I, yeah. I just it, it doesn't it doesn't do as much for me as I think it's supposed to. Yeah. Um what how do you feel about it? I think it's a really smart song. I think it's a little bit easy to forget about. It's it it is I I think that's a good way to put it. I, I think it suffers from a lot of the same problems that Bruce Springsteen's songs suffer from. It's like all right, this is a really good specific song about a 67 GTO mm-hmm. and some heartbreak, maybe some death, maybe some heart, some loss. Uh, but uh, we've covered all that in other specific terms and just a little bit better in a lot of other places. Yeah. I think it's a really cool melody. I think the... F- the fact that someone played the guitar that quietly with just the backs of their fingernails for that long mm-hmm. is just impressive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just to be able to like that consistently, just like with the backs of your fingernails, play guitar. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's a pick. <laughs> no, I think you're probably right. 
but and so yeah i think forgettable is is probably the word i would use to describe like of all the songs on this album this it's the one i think about the least it's the one i return to the least it is it, it and the thing is i like it i'm, I'm not saying i don't like it. it that's how good this album is it, it's yeah. the th this is the song on the album that i spend the least amount of time thinking about yet every time i hear it i think like oh i like this song um oh i mean and like these are some of the best lyrics on the record the ground was wet the sky was dark and you took her bet and she took your heart wrapped it round an oak tree like you did that 67 gto yeah i oh, know so like i mean this is larry brown's short story to start off like we're already in a lot of trouble we got a lot of characters in a lot of deep shit day one mm -hmm. page one and then you know it comes down here it's you're in a fight to the death my friend black metal t-shirts your shield so we got like a weirdo you know like we're we're just dealing with people trying to figure out how to get through like this this just like oppositional outcast stage in their life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But and then, yeah, and so you've got the past on your breath, my friend. Now name all the monsters you've killed. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's sort of the com the common theme is like we we all know what you've done. Yeah, uh, with each of the verses that kind of each tell a different story. Yeah, yeah it's it's a brilliant song, but it's just like. Uh, it does get lost in the shuffle of the rest of the album because I think every other song on this album is so noteworthy. And it is, it's, well, yeah, Maltov comes before it and Hope on the High Road come after it. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a tough play. It's one of those songs, it's tough to find out, like, where would you put this in it not just kind of get, not, not only the Cumberland Gap, but the rest of the album will swallow it whole, you know? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but but it is it's a pretty song it's a good song it, on on almost any other Jason Isbell album we'd be talking about it it's like a, a standout track but for sure um, but it, it just it doesn't it, it I, I don't I don't think it holds up compared to the rest of the record so I, I would give it four fights my friend I'd give it three and a half fights three and a half fights yeah I do love that like sort of you're in a fight for your uh, what's the line it sounds like it's something he would say uh. uh you're in a fight to the death, my friend. Yeah. Like that just sounds like something he would say. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Where are you at on Hope and the High Road? Speaking of saying it out loud on this record. All right. Yeah. So the next, yeah, the next track on the new album is Hope the High Road. Um, I love this song. This song is, he, he, this is a lot of the times he will, he will open a show with this song. This, this yeah. is a, a consistent uh, set list opener for him. Uh, it's important to understand Dude. going into the song. It's important to understand this album was released less than a year after the 2016 presidential election, yeah. in which Donald Trump defeats Hillary Clinton, one of the most contentious and volatile election cycles of our lifetime, if not the most. Meanwhile, there's just like protests and racial tension all over the country. Like this is a very specific record in a very specific time. And this song and White Man's World are very specific songs. On a very specific record at a very specific time. Yeah, and like a Bruce Springsteen song. I almost wish, song, like, uh, what would have happened if he wouldn't have been already writing a record? What would have happened if this record came out a year later? I don't know. Would it be like a bona fide protest record? Um, I mean, that, that's that's I don't know. It, it, it's funny you mentioned that because we're going to talk about reunions next. And I, yeah. before reunions was released, I expected reunions to be more of a protest record, and it's not at all. No. Um, and so... It's because that dude got tired. <laughs> yeah, he got tired. Um, <laughs> Him and Amanda got sick of each other's shit. Yeah. It, it, Sorry, once again, too, too invested in a person who has no idea who I am. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he started the podcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. We have friends in common. He's a Bruce Springsteen fan. Yeah, I'm too... I'm like two degrees separated 
in multiple degrees, but like also no chance. Yeah. We, <laughs> I'm just too like, I'm absolutely, all my friends would just be like, no chance you'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way with, like I was saying earlier, Mantisa from Reliant K. It's like, I could, I could absolutely go hang out with him. I'm just, it's just like no chance, dude. <laughs> you would, everyone I know who could get me in a room with someone who knows them would be like, I don't know. I, I don't trust that for a second. <laughs> yeah. No, probably not a good idea. Just don't, don't even do it. Yeah. Um, Are you always this quiet? No, he's a really loud guy. He's just being weird <laughs> in, the, in the corner for some reason. So, yeah. So this song, not unlike a Bruce Springsteen song, is about America. And <laughs> it, it has a lot to say about sort of the, the posture that we take towards the public discourse and one another. And it, 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 it is a call to um, take the high road. Essentially, I, it I, is. I, I think I think this comes out of uh, the Michelle Obama speech. The, the when we when they go low, we go high. Um, I think he's he's sort of cribbing off of that a little bit, and um, he's he's saying, "I hope the high road leads you home. I hope it makes you more of who you're always meant to be." Yeah, dude, I love. It starts off just this song is straight face, and it starts off like I used to think that this was my town. What a stupid thing to think. I know. <laughs> he's just like, well. Uh, and and it uh, it kind of reflects that idea from early in the record, like he's kind of coming back and he, realizing he doesn't belong at home or where he wound up. Um, but what's the uh, yeah? Last year was a son of a bitch for almost everyone I know. Yeah, <laughs> that lyric, dude. <laughs> it's a standout lyric for sure. Yeah, and he kind of yells it. He he totally. If you see him live in concert, he absolutely yells it. Yeah, I know you're tired and you ain't sleeping well, uninspired and likely mad as hell. But wherever you are, I hope the high road leads you home again. To the world you want to live in. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I, I, I love the song. I get any, I've seen him um, I, I've seen him live three times and he's done it every time. Yeah. And um, it, it, it's, it's a set list staple at this point, I think, and, it, and deservedly so. It's, it, it, is a, it, it rocks. It is, um, it's just, it, it's big, it's loud, it's great. The um, so one of my one of my favorite things in the world is when American Aquarium plays Better South. I believe in a better South at a show because mm-hmm. it's just like a bunch of people shouting the lyrics and crying together. And um, that's what this is like. Uh, we'll ride the ship down, dumping buckets overboard. There can't be more of them than us. Is a real moment in the live show where it's like just a bunch of just a bunch of people just like crying and shouting it. You know, like yeah, there can't be more of them than us. We have to do the right thing, right? Like, aren't we going to do the right thing, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this song got me through some... A year. <laughs> this record got me through a year. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gotten me through a couple of years, for for, for sure. Yeah. I'm assuming you're five Oh, I'm roads? absolutely a five on this song. Six out of five high roads? Uh-huh, absolutely. You're, yourself? It's also musically just, like, incredible. Good, Mr. like, great guitars here. Some- Mr. Gamble plays the shit out of the drums on this song. Yeah. I mean, it's just all over the toms, but it's never out of the pocket. And it's lovely. Yeah. Uh, I I assume you're also a five here? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Also, Jimbo Hart does some, like, real cool stuff on the bass. The whole band is showing up for this song. Yeah. Absolutely. What do you think about this blessing? That he sends us out on. It's so funny. The, the final track, Something to Love, it's so funny you, you say the word blessing. The, the first se- sentence I have in my notes is, this song is a blessing. It is. It is. 
Um, and it and it plays like a blessing. It does. like it reads like a blessing, and it plays like from the from the bluegrass like opening like but don't do. It's so sweet. Yeah, it is, and so kind. It's an interesting follow up to the previous song, right? Because the previous song is angry, it's frustrated, it's it's dealing in a lot of things, and this song yeah. is like you don't you don't have to live your whole life feeling like that you know like it's i hope i hope it's a it, it is a gift it is i hope you find something to love you know yeah one thing i love and i think that we you know i talked about it, like this nostalgia for a time and a place and he's talking about where he grew up and i, I kind of it seems like he's maybe singing to his daughter yeah i think uh, so and he says so i hope you find something that you love and that it'll serve you well so not just something that you love but something you love that will serve you I was born in a tiny southern town. I grew up with all my family around. We made music on the porch on Sunday nights. Old men with guitars, smoking Winston lights. The man can make a line so specific. Yes. So universal. Again, that's the magic trick. He inherited the magic trick. He absolutely, yes, he absolutely inherited the magic trick. So old men with old guitars, smoking Winston lights. Old women harmonizing with the wind. Softly singing to the Savior like a friend. They taught me how to make the chords and sing the words. I'm still singing like that great speckled bird. So he's talking about these people who the rest of this record he's been talking about. He's come home and he's like, these people are idiots too. <laughs> and then he's, he's, not, he's not tying what they gave him to who they are. He's still singing those words like that great speckled bird. Even though... The people who handed it, you know, those old men smoking with some lights and those old women harmonizing with the wind, singing to the Savior like their friend, espouse whatever hateful thing around him these days. They still gave him the gift of being able to sing and harmonize and spread this message of love mm-hmm. on, quite frankly, a much bigger stage. <laughs> yeah. And I, so it is not only a blessing, but it is a blessing in response to everything that's been outlined for the re- this record, it start has a beginning, middle, and end. You know what I mean? Like this yes. is this is quite the denouement. Uh, it's very well constructed. Isn't the denouement on the end? Did I get that right, or am I just sound like pretentious and wrong right now? I don't. I I assume when you start, start talking like that, you know what you're talking about. Denouement. The final. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Glad we have all that in there too. So. Yeah, me, me too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's a poignant way of ending the album because the album has has largely been about internal struggle and alienation in all its forms, yeah. and so this is a way of saying like, even when you don't feel like you fit in, you can still find something to love. You can still find a way to contribute to the world, and you can still find a way to to receive blessing from the world around you. You know, yeah. um, the new American Aquarium record has a song on it called um, "All I Needed." And it's it's uh, all I needed was a song, and it's kind of like this. It's not a blessing, but it is sort of like this nice little like moment on a really tough record mm-hmm. uh, that just like is about like is just like wishing someone joy, uh, like sustained joy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, something to love, man. That's a five star song. I agree, absolutely five star song. Five Winston Lights. Yes, five actually Winston twenty because if you have five, you just want the rest of the pack. <laughs> I would not know. I've never been a smoker. Well, if you're a bunch of old men on the front porch with guitars smoking with the lights, you, you're not taking breaks between them. <laughs> Good <laughs> you're to just know. Running, you're running them back to back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you say so. I mean, I've never been an old man or a, a 
partaker of what's the lights, but yeah. I've been on a few of those porches. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. Yeah, man, it's it's a it's a, so the song the album both begins and ends on a five star song. Yeah, and the album is mostly five star songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like we said everything there is to say about the record, but, um, do you, do you have any final thoughts here? Any, any, any parting shots? Uh, the, I, I still see this record all the time and I'm still just blown away by, you know, by what they did here. And it, it shows up on that, uh, live record too. A bunch of it does. Yeah, it does. And it's just, man, it is just perfect in every way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and honestly, Reunions is a record I'm less familiar with, uh, simply because why would I listen to any record if I can go back? <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing as like something more than free versus Southeastern, it's, you know, it's like, thanks for giving me another perfect record. I'm not done with the last one. It's a tough act to follow that. Yeah. That said, I'm, I'm very excited if I, I it, it, we're, we're leading up into the third year of not having a new Jason Isbell album. And so I'm hoping 2023, will bless us with with something new um, yeah. but uh but yeah reunions it, it, I, I like reunions a lot but it, it is i mean you, you can't compare it to the nashville sound the nashville sound is is just dang near perfect yeah it's it is it's so it's, yeah. you could get me to five stars on every song pretty easily it wouldn't take a lot of convincing i think i'm, I'm there with you like yeah, yeah. I, i'm not yeah, I mean, even the ones that I didn't give a five to, like I, I it was understand. Mostly I, for show. I ended, well, <laughs> I, I, I just I'm comparing each song to one another, and so, yeah. but like if you put them on other albums, like they're standout tracks, each and every one. Of them. For sure, for sure. Like Cumberland Gap on my last record, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm at J- other Jason Isbell albums, but yes. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, th- so yeah, solid record. Like it, it is one. I'm never not in the mood for it. Um, I, I can I can put it on. That's anytime. such a good point. Say what? I said that's such a good point. Never not in the mood for it. Yes, it's got that uh, Jimmy Eat World uh, sensibility to it, where it's like, who's going to tell you? Who's going to say turn this off? Yeah, I mean, I don't know about Jimmy Eat World, but yeah, the, the, the I mean, I like Jimmy Eat World, but I don't know that. Have I Have you ever been at a party where Jimmy Eat World came on and somebody in the room was like, turn this off? <laughs> I guess I haven't. <laughs> no, Jimmy World's like pretty great, you know. Every, every universally loved. That's, I mean, that's valid. I like Jimmy World. I've They're seen, also, if you have not seen them live, like they are the tightest band I've ever seen live. I've seen them live two or three times, and they're, they're very good. I mean, like far and away, these guys are like the tightest. Whew. Like the lead singer is the lead guitar player, Jim Atkins. Like uh-huh. the guy is playing insane solos while he sings. Anyway, sorry. This is a Jason Isbell podcast. No, it's not. This is a Bruce Springsteen. Podcast. It's a it's a it's a Bruce Springsteen podcast masquerading about as a Jason, Jason Isbell, Isbell podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, so in a couple of weeks we'll be back and we'll be talking about reunions and we'll see how how it holds up compared to the rest of the body of work. And um, until then, JB, any other any final thoughts? Any anything we need to to get off our chest before we uh, call it a night? If it's been more than a month since you've listened to this record. Just give it a front to back, man. My hope is that people straight through. My my hope is that that people would listen to the record before they listen to the podcast. So I I don't know if that's what people do, but I I hope it is. I hope they find something to love on this on this record. Dude, it's so good. Yeah, it is. 
So, all right. Well, it, this has been so much fun, and it, it, I, I've been missing I've been missing doing yeah. this, and so it's, it's 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 great to get back into it. So, real quick, one note on this record before yeah. you leave. Yeah, April and I saw them do this record. You have two. They played Decoration Day. Uh huh. On that tour. Yes. With this lineup. Imagine if they had just cut Decoration Day while they were in the studio. I mean, that would just have been a amazing. new version of it. That would have been like the best song ever made. <laughs> I there, there's a big part of me that wishes Jason would go back and re-record all of his drive-by trucker stuff with the 400 unit. Yeah, yeah, because I I think I like I like the drive-by truckers, but I think the 400 unit's a better band. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, it's it, talk, speaking of songs that they did on this tour. The, the the show that I saw them do I don't know what you, uh, I don't know if they were doing this yet when you saw them it was close to when uh, Tom Petty died and so they closed the show that I I saw they closed it with uh, American Girl and it was oh, wow. incredible no they didn't do Tom Petty any of the times I saw them hmm. yeah I think great. I saw them like three times on that record did you really maybe two on that one and one on another one I don't know hmm. a bunch yeah man yeah, what dude. else is that it did we cover it I, th- I think we covered oh, it I think what's your the record. We're supposed to give the record a rating. That's the real reason we're here. I mean, I'm a five on the record. Duh. I'm a five on this record, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, like I said, it's, it's best album of 2017. One of the best albums of the, of the previous decade. Um, it's, it is, I mean, it is just about unmatched in terms of, yeah. like, what the quality that it provides. Yeah. It blows my mind. Yeah. It blows my mind, too. I, in, in fact, I find myself quite often when I listen to new music thinking to myself, I, I mean, I, I guess I can listen to new music, or I can just go back and listen to the Nashville sound. Yeah, that's not an unfamiliar feeling. Yeah, and it's frustrating. It's because fr- it, I feel like I'm chasing a high. It's it, yeah. like you 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 find you find the, the, these albums that you really really love, and you expect every new album to to match those expectations. Then it just yeah. doesn't happen. You can go years between great albums like that. Like like there there is nothing this year that I found that even comes close to the no. Nashville sound. I'm also starting to think that, like, I used to be a real, like, I found the greatest music, man. And now I just listen to the same stuff over and over. Yeah. You know, like, back in the day, I was listening to everything. I was like, if you're this, you know, I felt like one of those. Yeah. Anyway, it was great. But now I just listen to the Nashville sound on repeat. <laughs> I mean, that's what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you, JB, for hanging out and talking to Nashville Sound. And uh, yeah, we will. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. And we'll be back in your feet again for a reunion. The rumors of our death have been widely exaggerated. <laughs> yes. And uh, we'll be talking next. We'll be talking about reunions. So until then, I'm Rob. That's JB. We will it's see. It's been a you. wonderful reunion. It has been a wonderful reunion. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.